This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, today I want to spend the whole of this homily explicating our extraordinary second reading which is a passage from the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation, which is to say the very end of the last book of the Bible. That's important. We come with this passage to the climax of the story. If you've been reading a novel, finding it fascinating to follow its twists and turns, the adventures of its many characters... And you come finally to the end. Well, you desperately want to know how the whole thing works out. No one's going to read a fascinating novel and then stop two pages from the end. No, no, the whole point of it was to get there. Well, that's where we are with this reading. We're at the very climax of the story. Now, the Bible, obviously, is a collection of a wide variety of texts from varying periods, written by different authors, addressed to various audiences. Nevertheless, in an important sense, the Bible is also one book. It's one great story, filled with twists and turns, yes, filled with intriguing characters, and told by one great author. That's why, of course, we speak of it as the Word of God and not just a collection of ancient texts. So, how does the story, which began with creation in the fall, continued with the formation of a people, Israel, reached a kind of climax with the coming of the Messiah, how does that story actually end? Where was it all going? How is this story resolved? Well, that's what the text today is about. Listen now to what John the visionary says. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The former heaven and the former earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Now, every part of that little statement is fascinating. And as people who've been following the story, people who are, who are fascinated by this great biblical narrative, ought to pay very close attention. Most of us, as I've said before, are essentially Platonist in our spirituality. By which I mean, we tend to see the goal of the spiritual life as somehow to get out of this world and into another. To put it more precisely, to get our souls out of our bodies into another higher realm called heaven. But see, this is not the biblical vision at all. John doesn't imagine that we abandon this world 
Rather, he imagines this world transformed. He doesn't think we're going to leave matter behind. He thinks, listen, matter will be perfected, purified, transfigured. A new heavens and a new earth. Not running away from them, but watching them transformed. Keep in mind, too, most systems that were influenced by Platonism, think of ancient Gnosticism or ancient Manichaeism that beguiled St. Augustine for a time, they all think the material world is a kind of great metaphysical mistake. It's a falling away from ontological perfection. But the Bible doesn't teach that at all. The Bible tells us that God made the world and everything in it and found all of it very good. Now, can I urge you, friends, to think about that? I know we've heard those words a thousand times, but let that sink in. God made everything, not just the spiritual realm. He made this material realm. He made this material universe. And he found all of it very good. God is not interested in destroying or abandoning this world. God doesn't give up on this world. We do sometimes. God doesn't. But rather, God all along has been endeavoring to save it. And in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, what does God show? What he intends ultimately for all reality. Paul is so clear on this. The resurrection of Jesus has a cosmic significance. It's not just about him, not just about his little circle of disciples who saw him. The resurrection of Jesus is about the whole universe. It's about the transformation of the cosmos. God wants to save the world. And the resurrection is the sign of it. Notice, please, we don't believe that Jesus' soul escaped from his body and went to heaven. That would be a Platonic fantasy. Just a few weeks ago, I was filming in uh, Greece and Turkey for our Catholicism series. And while we were in Athens, our guide showed us the area just below the Acropolis where Socrates was indicted and tried and imprisoned. Well, read those great texts of Plato, especially the Phaedo. The Phaedo is all about Socrates in that prison cell, contemplating his his imminent death, but rejoicing in the fact that his soul would finally be delivered from matter. He would finally break free of the prison. Okay, that's Socrates. That's Plato. We're stuck in the prison of matter. We need to escape from it. But that ain't the Bible. That's not the biblical vision at all. Notice how Jesus rises in his body. How important that was for the gospel writers. He appears to his disciples and says, I'm not a ghost. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And then he eats and drinks with them. I always find so moving that speech that St. Peter gave on the day of Pentecost. When he says he appeared to us who ate and drank with him after his resurrection. That is not a Platonic fantasy. That's not what Socrates was dreaming about. 
But that is the biblical vision. What we see here again is not the abandonment of the world, but the transformation of the world. A new heaven and a new earth. Notice too this detail, how John the visionary tells us that the sea was no more. Now it doesn't mean he's got something against uh, water. Remember in the very beginning in the book of Genesis, God brings order out of the tohu vabohu. That's the Hebrew for this primal watery chaos. God speaks and out of that chaos comes the order of the universe. Therefore, the sea here stands for the power of sin. The sea stands here for corruption, for hatred, for violence. John's point is, that will all finally disappear when God makes a new heavens and a new earth. Through God's gracious intervention, all that bedevils us, all the power of sin, will be swallowed up. That's what he's saying. Later in this passage we hear, Every tear will be wiped away. There will be no more death or mourning, wailing or pain, for the old order has passed away. I don't know what it is about those words, but there's something so deeply comforting, isn't there, about them. Think of all the tears that we've shed. I think of all the years in my pastoral ministry when I've been in hospital rooms and funeral parlors and seen people's tears. No more death or mourning or wailing or pain. Every tear wiped away. That's what God promises. Listen, that's how the story ends. God will not allow the dark powers to have the final word. He will conquer them in the end. That's how the story ends. The great sign of it is the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Then we hear this. John says he saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride for her husband. The great vision of consummation the heavenly Jerusalem. But I want you to notice something. Notice the movement here is not from the earth upward, as in the Platonic schema, as though we're escaping from the world. Rather, the movement is from heaven downward. It means God coming to remake the earth. Not the soul escaping from matter, but now Heaven coming down to remake the earth. That's the biblical vision. How wonderful, too, that what he has in mind is a city. It's the new Jerusalem. A city, a place where everything is happening. Think of the time you journey into the city. Might be for a sporting event, might be for a concert might be for dinner, it might be for a lecture. A city is a place where everything is on display. It's a place where all human powers are engaged. 
One thing that has always bothered me is we tend to think of the life to come as a place of boredom. How much time can you spend strumming your harp? How much time can you spend sitting on a cloud? Those images are, are inadequate. A much better image is this one. It's a city. It's a city. God's grace having come to remake the world, and now all of us, our powers engaged, sin, dysfunction, injustice wiped away, all of us fully alive. That's how the biblical story ends. Just a note here. Do you remember in Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, he spoke of a rapture, people going up to meet Christ in the air. There's a great fascination among certain um, fundamentalists about this. The rapture being taken up away. But see, actually what Paul means here is very close to John's vision. What he's talking about here is a welcoming committee going out to meet the new king and to escort him into the city. That's what you would do if the emperor was coming to your town. A welcoming committee would go out. They would greet him and then escort him into the city. That's what Paul's talking about. He envisions the risen Jesus coming down to this earth and we going out to meet him and to bring him back. So in the Revelation vision we have the one who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Jesus is returning to be the king of this new creation. He will sit on the throne. His agenda is renewal of the world, not escape from it. In the biblical vision, God does not give up on his creation. He intends to save it. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers. Every day, everywhere.